Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the Lennon and McCartney of Bigfoot, the other arguably Harrison and Star, Cliff and Bobo. The Bigfoot prints were going up the hill, uh huh, up the road. This is the Bear Creek one, right? Okay, and off. A little further out, uh-huh. another set of tracks was going the same way. Oh. And then they got up on the road, or the gravel road, and then they went down there and then went right up the side of the hill. Yeah, they followed the tracks up the logging road. Okay. Now, this road that he just talked about, that the foot tracks were going up, up the road, this road went right straight down into our campground. I see. I mean, that's as far as it went. And the reason for this um, road was, I don't know who made it. It wasn't the logging company. I think it was just general uh, fisherman traffic because that was the closest place that you could cross to get down into the Wind River. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of fishermen that used to use that access to the Wind River to fish. I see. But anyway, how this all came about was that it was a Sunday afternoon, or Sunday, no, a Sunday morning, and some friends of ours dropped in just to visit. And we're all sitting around here doing nothing. And uh, the other fellow, his name was Larry, said... How about we go for a ride? And I said, well, where are you going to go? And he said, well, where do you want to go? And I said, well, you know what? I said, if it's not too far, I'd love to go up to Bear Creek and see how much water is going through the creek in late winter. So we all agreed that that's where we'd go. So we all jumped in the car and away we went. And we got up there. And I was the first one out of the car, and I, I was so excited about going to see how much water was going through the creek that I was trying to run. Well, the snow was a little bit too deep to run. So we had a cable that was stretched across this road that went down into our, our campground. And so I got to the cable, and I'm standing there waiting for everybody else to catch up to me, and... I noticed these indentations in the snow and I couldn't really see them too well and so I I lifted my leg over the cable you could you could step over it well, the reason the cable was there is that we wanted to keep other people out of our campground when we weren't there and we even put it up when we were there because we didn't want to be disturbed so 
I walked over and I looked at this hole in the snow and I saw another hole not quite a ways but a ways off and I said hey you guys I said come here and look at this and so they all came down and we stood around looking at, at this this track in the snow and there had been some snow melt not a lot but but a little bit and it wasn't very the print wasn't very distinct but you could tell that it was a barefoot print and so John came up to the print that we were looking at and he tried to match the stride of this other foot that we saw, footprint that we saw. And he couldn't do it. He missed it by, what, about this much? Yeah, something like that. I had to yeah. have to do the splits. Yeah, yeah. And going downhill in the snow. <laughs> I didn't feel like it. So, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Because it was going through my mind about who would be out here in bare feet in the snow that could make a footprint one so far from the other. And this friend of ours, Larry, said, you know what, you guys, I'll bet you anything this is a Bigfoot print. And I said, what are you talking about? So he went on to explain who or what Bigfoot was. And we had never really paid any attention, although, and it seems to me that Roger Patterson and Bob Grimlin, wasn't their sighting in 68? 67. But 67. The, the news broke in 68. Okay. So he's talking, Larry's talking about Bigfoot. And I'm kind of remembering seeing something on the news about it and I didn't pay any attention to it and so anyway we came home and of course we talked about this all the way home and Larry said we need to tell somebody about this and I said yeah right I said we found giant footprints in the snow I said who's going to believe that and so we just all dropped it but I started thinking about it, and I thought about it for over a week. And I finally couldn't stand it anymore. So I found the address of the Skamania County Courthouse. And I wrote to the sheriff. And I didn't know if the sheriff's office was in the courthouse or not. But I figured if it was addressed to the courthouse, the sheriff would eventually get it. So I wrote this letter explaining what we had seen and directions on how to get there in case they were interested in in looking at it. And so I didn't know any more until the day this came out in the paper. And another friend of mine called and she said, well, that was a little rude of you. And I said, what are you talking about? And she says, you're on the front page of the Columbian. And I said, for what? 
and she said, you told somebody about the footprints that you found. We had told her and her husband about this in the meantime. And I, I couldn't believe it. So anyway, then that, then that started all of the activity of the sheriff going up there and taking more footprints or taking more uh, castings. Here are uh, two of John Green's books. Mm -hmm. This is the original book, and this is a second book that he wrote. And this one is signed by Dick Grover. Now, I've not heard that, that name before. I'm probably a really? it. I've probably read it, but I, I don't know the name Dick Grover. So can you brush me up on who that is, as far as you can recall? Well, he was involved with um, John Green. Mm -hmm. and I didn't know John Green well. I'd met him a few times before he passed. Okay. Um, but, he, but I can't say that he is anything more than Well, Dick Grover was really involved with Jeff Meldrum and um, John Green. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I know about Dick Grover. He is mentioned in uh, in these books, I believe, and I think that there are pictures of him too in these books. So, how did, do you know how the um, Klausner print came about? The smaller one. They came about on the same day, as far as I know, mm -hmm. that they went to investigate my report, uh -huh. and they found the the tracks going down the road into our campsite and over next to our campsite was another property that was owned by I don't remember his first name but the last name was Austinson and they lived here in Vancouver and they had strung a cable along their property line just for the heck of it I guess I because it wouldn't keep anybody out you could either go under it or over it and this is where they found the second set of footprints, which were 15 and a half inches long. And so they took not only the 22-inch cast, but they took a 15 and a half inch cast. And it appeared that from the position of the footprints in the snow, it appeared that whatever made the footprint had stepped over the cable. Now, I could not step over that cable. I had to go underneath because it was too high for me to step over or for anybody to step over. Mm -hmm. So we all, when we went over there, just to see what we could see, we would all go underneath the cable. We used to play baseball out in there uh, clearing. So, as far as I know, both casts, the 22-incher and the 15-and-a-half-inch, were made at the same time. Did you ever speak to the sheriff, Sheriff Fossner, about it? No. You never, did you ever even meet the guy? I don't believe I did. No. I did. Uh, you did one time? Uh, did you talk about this event, or just... You just no, I was talking about... We went fishing and somebody broke in my truck. Oh, and he's the guy that came out? Yeah. You didn't see oh, him? We no, we went up to the courthouse. Oh, I see. There. Gotcha. 
And I'm sure he's long since retired, I imagine. Uh, probably dead. He's probably dead by now. Because he was older than we were. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder whatever became of his stuff. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this museum thing, is because, you know, Bigfoot has given me a tremendous amount of my life. Like my best friends. I met my wife through this. Um, I got my dog through, like, literally the most important things in my life. Um, my wife and my dog came to me through Bigfoot, you know, in some weird channel. And this. I'm blessed, and, and I, I'm seeing now that there's so much inform, historical information that is being lost yeah. because people are passing away, and then their relatives they don't recognize the the, the not monetary value, but the, the the informational value. Because at the end of the day, these things are real. Bigfoots are actually real animals walking around, not very far from here. Um, and it seems a shame that 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 a whole chapter that will be leading up to discovery, because it's inevitable, um, is being lost, lost to time. You know, and there's a very small number of people that are interested in that. Um, My television show brought about a resurgence of interest in the subject, where now people are actually okay about talking about their sightings in front of other people, um, that they aren't as chastised as heavily as they once were, as you guys know. Um, But with that... The downside of that is that it's the new generation of Bigfoot researchers who are learning everything from YouTube, you know, or the internet, or these dubious sources that claim they're interdimensional portal traveling whatevers and all that sort of stuff. Um, And they're kind of shying away from the scientific investigative side of things. Um, And this stuff is just evaporating into time. And without my museum or or Lauren Coleman's museum or these very few learning centers trying to accumulate the research that has been done before I showed up. Yeah, I've only been doing it since 94, right? So there's a whole, there's 30, 40, 50 years of this stuff before I showed up on the scene and all that stuff's disappearing. So I sincerely, deeply appreciate you sharing this stuff with me. So now, I imagine once you're, you kind of stuck your neck out, uh, more stories from other people in the same area started popping up. Well, that, that was the incident with uh, Jim Robinson. I see. And, uh, of course, his mother and his stepfather uh, had a cabin up on Cedar Creek, mm-hmm. which is further on up. You'll see... Uh, on that map that I gave you, mm-hmm. uh, it pretty much encompasses uh, Stabler and Carson mm-hmm. and Bear Creek and Cedar Creek and Panther Creek. Yeah. Those were actually the only, that was the only story that we heard about anybody citing anything. Mm-hmm. in our area. I thought I seen, I got all excited about seeing Bigfoot when we were going fishing one morning. Yeah. Something crossed right in front, you know, just down the hill from where Cox saw his. Mm-hmm. And I told the guy who was driving it, look, there's Bigfoot crossing the road. And then it just stopped. As we got closer, it was the guy getting his Sunday paper. Oh, really? In his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, yes, not. Well, you know, maybe some more, more I mean, sophisticated. I mean, it's black out, and all I seen is this two-legged thing go. Yeah, 
yeah. hop across the road. And then... Which actually is interesting because uh, your events um, eventually led to the Skamania County law. Yeah, being it did. passed. Yeah, for that same reason, right there. Yeah, you know, because people didn't want you know somebody in their bathroom get checking their mail to get shot. <laughs> get you. Well, and that that area too is well known for mushroom hunting mm-hmm. and huckleberry picking. Sure. And so they had to do something because um, somebody was going to get hit with a shotgun or a rifle, you know, and it just wasn't a good deal. Well, what was the public reaction to this slew of media reports coming out after you? You know, I don't, I don't really know what it was like up there where um, his mother had the cabin. Uh, they eventually built right across the road from that, so their house was on Cedar Creek, and we never heard uh, anything from them about hearing anything strange or seeing anything strange there at their house. Um, she would send us newspaper clippings or she would tell us of uh, somebody that was supposed to have had a sighting and, and stuff like that. And I don't even remember what they were now because if it didn't make the paper, I didn't think much of it. Right. So, and of course, I don't know if you real if you remember or realize or anything, um, but it was passed on April first. April Fool's Day. I know April Fool's Day kind of gives themselves some cover. I think a little bit some political cover for actually doing the big thing. Yeah, but that's next week. Well, Ray Ray Kraft, who was the editor, and I think the owner of uh, the Skamania County Pioneer newspaper. Um, he was very instrumental in getting that law passed. Yeah. What happened? From what his mother had said, she knew Ray Kraft. Mm-hmm. And from from what his mother had said, uh, Ray worked really hard to get that law passed. Well, it certainly put Skamania County on the map, I would say. You know, it's known worldwide, at least in my circles. You know, as being the place, the first place. I well, say. I'm pretty sure that the consensus of the majority of the people up there was that, yeah, there is Bigfoot. There, there is something that is uh, large and hairy and roams our woods, you know, in our forest. <coughs> and, uh, my grandson and I uh, went on a day trip back in July of 2016, and we went up to uh, Goose Lake and Forlorn Lake and uh, came home by way of Trout Lake. And that country up there is so wild that I, I can believe that there might be a whole community of Bigfoot, Big Feet, <laughs> <laughs> living up there in, in that because it's right close to the base of Mount Adams. And um, then, of course, you've got the ape caves up here at Mount St. Helens. Okay, why are they called the ape caves? Well, I know why they're called the ape caves. And nobody else really pays any attention. They're just called the ape caves. So what? You know, they don't know. They don't even think about why they were named that. So, and then a few years ago, not too many years back, 
there was a sighting um, of a Bigfoot running across the road right in front of a car at night up by Lewiswis, which is right by the junction that Highway 12 uh, branches off into the highway that goes to Chinook Pass, mm -hmm. and Highway 12 goes to Yakima, White Pass and, and Yakima, and this sighting happened just on the other side of the, the junction. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that means to me that, that there is still a lot of interest and still activity going on. There absolutely is. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 